everyone. This is Triple Play Fantasy, the Beyond the Analyst interview series. I'm your host, Zach, at FF Chalupa Batman. I am joined today by the wonderful Britt Flynn. You can find her over as a content creator with Fantasy Alarm and Better Sports Network after starting at Fantasy Chance Fantasy Sports. She's a host for Lightning Round Fantasy and her story in the making. How are you doing, Britt? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on. I've been talking to you like over Twitter and Facebook for so long. It's so good to finally chat with you as face-to-face as we possibly can. So thank you for having me on. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on. For those of you who are just just turning in, uh, you missed the first season of Beyond the Analyst. That was last year. We had 30 awesome interviews. So check that out on the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube. But there is a playlist. And I believe this is now episode 10. So check out the first nine episodes of season two as well. Um, We are going to be talking to Britt, not about her fantasy football takes, as wonderful as they are. Um, We want to get to know Britt. There's plenty of time uh, for fantasy takes. We're right now in the offseason. So let's have some fun uh, getting to know you a little bit. So I'm wearing a Cowboys jersey. I did that on purpose. I know you're a Cowboys fan as well. And honestly, I've interviewed way too many Eagles fans on the show for my liking. I work with too many Eagles fans as well. But how did you become a Cowboys fan? You know, I don't really know if I had much of a choice. Uh, My dad was a Cowboys fan starting when he was a kid in the Tom Landry era. And um, so every Sunday we would sit down and we would try to watch the Cowboys games. I say try to watch them because I grew up on a farm in rural Arkansas. And at that time, there was no cable, there was no dish, there were no streaming services. So we had an antenna in our backyard. We got three local channels and the Cowboys games were always on Fox. Fox was out of Little Rock at that time. They didn't have one in Northwest Arkansas. Um, And so if the wind was blowing and the sun was shining correctly, we could watch the Cowboys games. But there would always be a little bit or a lot of snow. And I remember thinking, As a kid, I didn't realize like, no, this snow is caused from the antenna. I always thought, why is it always snowing at these games? (laughs) And so I just thought it's so fun watching these players play in the snow when it was really the reception. Uh, (laughs) But my dad would always call me off on the couch and he would explain football to me. And he loved, you know, the triplets of Aikman, Irvin and Emmett Smith. And then you got Jay Novacek in there. You had uh, Deion Sanders always playing and Jimmy Johnson and some of my earliest memories were those Super Bowls. And it kind of spoiled me for the rest of my fandom because I got three Super Bowls when I was just starting to remember memories. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be like this every year. This is what's going to happen. And after that 95 season, I've just been so disappointed ever since. But I cannot let go of those memories and that fandom. Um, In addition to that, Jerry Jones being a former Razorback which is uh, my alma mater and being part of the only national championship that Arkansas has ever won in football is really cool to me. Um, But yeah, it's just, I, it's a love hate relationship, but I I will never give up on the boys. Absolutely. I am a, I would like to say a realistic Cowboys fan where I'm not one of those, like it's going to be our year. The odds tell me it's not going to be our year. I'm optimistic, uh, always going into it, but I just, hope they make the playoffs. And honestly, that's that's as much as I can ask for. But yeah, much like you, I, I grew up where my dad was a Cowboys fan. So he kind of raised me a Cowboys fan. Um, unfortunately, I was a little too young to enjoy uh, the 90s Super Bowls. I, I was alive. 
but I was just a little too young to actually remember. I was it. alive. <laughs> yeah, I, I was there. I'm not that young. Um, so I got to suffer through, uh, like much like you, like Quincy Carter. No offense, Quincy Carter. I know, t- just taking random shots right now. And Drew Henson, um, Drew Bledsoe after he was past his prime, and then magically we had Tony Romo. So that was cool. Um, other than the fumble with Seattle, and just wearing my dad's jersey, he definitely caught the ball. Like we've been through a lot. He did. Um, I will go to my grave saying that Des caught that ball. And I actually had to work after that game. I had swapped shifts specifically with the morning bartender so that I could work the night and he could work the morning because he was a Colts fan. I came in in the pissiest of moods after that happened. And of course, everybody loves to hate the Cowboys. So they were like, no, your Cowboys lost. Your Cowboys lost. I went into a blind rage to the point where I was like, Somebody has to come in for me. I cannot deal with this. I can't. I can't take it anymore. I will go to my grave saying that Des caught that ball. <laughs> he absolutely caught it. But yeah. Um, so I, I've suffered right alongside you. We, I'm excited every year as we get into it. Luckily, fantasy football is actually pretty fun with the Cowboys for the most part over the last several years. So at least I can hopefully draft a player here or there, and at least help. Hopefully, they help me win my my championship if the Cowboys can't win theirs. <laughs> And you mentioned you, you are a bartender, so we both love beer. So first I have to know, what is your favorite kind of beer? So really, I like to say if it's wet, it's my favorite beer because I really don't turn down any kind of beer. Um, but if I had my preference, I really enjoy the New Belgium Juicy Haze series. And it started out with the um, just the plain Juicy Haze. And it was so good. And then now they have this series with like the juice force, the uh, fruit force, the tropical haze, and they have all these multi-packs. And I just love how they combine all of these flavors into an IPA. And you get a little bit of everything and so much flavor in just one drink. So yeah, I would definitely have to go with New Belgium, but I'm not going to turn down a beer. (laughs) That's a great choice. I I am not a fan of IPAs, but I do love a hazy IPA or a juicy hazy. And uh, those are great. Um, now, as a bartender, can you guess like what beer or maybe even what drink someone is going to order just based off their vibe, whatever kind of look or attitude they're giving off? Yeah, I'm kind of judgmental in that way. But you're not judgmental if you're right. And <laughs> I'm right a lot of the times. Um, still working in a music venue, just kind of as a way to get out. And I, I use that as my social time now. Um, it's not like I necessarily need to bartend anymore, but I'm like, I'm sitting at home with the dogs and the dogs don't really talk back to me. So I kind of need to get out a little bit. (laughs) Um, so we'll do different shows and all the young girls are like, what do we need to stock for the show? What do we need to do for this? What kind of crowd's it going to be? And I'll tell them. And 99% of the time it always ends up, uh, being right. They've even had me like pre-batch cocktails, Long Island specifically for certain shows. And I'm like, this is going to be a Long Island crowd, guys. We got to like do this. And it feels judgmental. But when you've been doing this as long as I have, it's just knowledge at that point. I mean, that's just good business. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just trying to make everybody's jobs easier. And, and it's really cool also when I do predict what somebody's going to want. Because so many people come up and they're like, what do you recommend? I'm like, damn, I've got like a full bar. What do you mean? What do I recommend? And then I just go into my vault and my filing cabinet. And I'm like, well, you look like this kind of drinker. How about this? 
and and they typically like it. So it works. Now, assuming you're not like busy at the moment, do you like to kind of have a more complicated cocktail that you have to put together or is it just like you know, keep it keep it simple and <laughs> stick to the classics? So I do enjoy making craft cocktails, but at my core, I am a speed bartender. I want to sell as much in as little amount of time as possible. (laughs) And that's where I've always been. Um, Even my very first job was at Sonic as a car hop. And I would always, if Sonic's kind of a Southern thing for anybody who doesn't know, it's like, a drive-in, you pull up to the stall, you order, and then you scan like your little wristband, and that assigns you the order to take out. I would show up and I'd be like, beep, beep, beep. And everyone's like, why are you scanning three at a time? And I was like, because I bet I can take it out faster than you can take it out with one. And they'd kind of look at me and then I would do it. I've always just been like this speed monster about let's just sell, sell, sell. Let's turn, turn, turn. And that's, um, yeah, that's why speed bartending is just really my vibe. Now, when you were at Sonic, were you skating or did you not have to skate? Oh, no. Thank God I didn't have to skate. I am the least athletic person on the planet. Um, I brought it up today. Somebody asked me if I had ever done jujitsu. And I said, I can't even ride a bicycle, let alone do jujitsu. I probably a lot of this is the ADHD and the um, the clumsiness that comes along with that. But I will trip over my own feet. I will run into walls. There's no way that I was going to go out there on skates. And luckily for me, the first place that I worked uh, was an insurance approved for skates because it was an older building. And I was just like, yes, I don't have to be pressured into skating. <laughs> yeah, I've only been to Sonic a couple of times. Like I said it's part of the South. And uh, yeah, I just I feel bad for the ones that are skating. I'm just like, what What if you fall? <laughs> what if someone actually bumps into you? Like, not only are you spilling food, but <laughs> you're on no, skates. man. I fell walking so many times because we would have to go out there when it's like sub freezing and there would be little ice patches. I remember one time in particular, my sweet mom was coming to like get her morning drink before she went to work at the university and I slipped on a patch of ice and I was carrying the aforementioned three orders at a time. I straight up slipped and I just did this came down directly on my butt, but I did not spill any food. And my mom saw me do that. And when I came out to her, she goes, well, at least you didn't spill the food. And I was like, you know what, mom, that actually, you are right. That made me feel a lot better. <laughs> You're basically like Spider-Man at that point. <laughs> if if only. <laughs> That's great. Um, when you aren't create, working, bartending, creating content, Um, How do you like to spend your time? So again, this is where the ADD comes in. I have so many interests and so many things that I like to do. Um, I like to go hiking with my dogs. I like to go to the river. I like to go floating. I like to go hiking. Sometimes I just want to go lay in bed and read a book. Sometimes I want to watch my TV shows. Sometimes I want to go upstairs and spend 12 hours writing music. You just never know what my brain is going to do. But writing and doing content has really been kind of a a very organized effort for me to keep myself on track. So I've come to enjoy that as well. Even when I don't really have anything on my slate or on my plate, I'm like writing and researching and just trying to learn as much as possible. Um, 
So it really just depends on on what state my brain is <laughs> in any given day. Do you feel like creating fantasy football content kind of gives you a sense of calmness or are you just kind of utilizing your energy to have as so many of us do 50 tabs open and just researching as much as you can? Yeah. So that's kind of one of the ADHD superpowers is the hyperfocus. And it comes in very handy when you're creating content. Um, you can get zoned out on any kind of topic and really get down the rabbit hole and really get to the nitty gritty that a lot of other people miss. Um, and so, yeah, it is kind of a grounding force and something that that helps out. I will say, though, on the days that I don't have the hyper focus, I'm like writing and then I'm like squirrel or I have to go do this or th- this. And then five minutes later, 10 minutes later, 30 minutes later, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I was writing. I was doing something. I really need to get back to this. <laughs> so it's a give and take in that situation. Fair enough. But uh, I mean, it's cool that you you're able to do so many different things that you like and find a way to make fantasy football content creation work for you. And uh, I guess an outlet for you as well, which is, which is always cool because if you don't enjoy what you're doing, like, <laughs> why are we doing this? So, oh, man. Here. And and talking, I'm going back to being the bartender. I worked in so many sports bars and I would just like talk my regulars ears off about games and they would always have me work on Saturdays and Sundays. If I took a Saturday or Sunday off when there was football going on, sometimes they would walk in and there's they're like, where's Brittany? And then they'd like order a drink and then leave because I would just talk their ear off. And I've always had that passion for football. And so it really just worked out perfectly that I could channel all of that energy. I'm not talking actively, but I'm talking like through a word document or talking through a podcast or talking myself through research. And it, it just, it really is fun. No, that's awesome. And speaking of content creation, um, as we know, there's always new content creators joining the fantasy community, or maybe even just people thinking about doing it, um, which is awesome. It's great to see so many new people, a lot more diversity out there. But do you have any advice for those content creators that are just starting out? Yeah, I think one of the most important things that you can do in this day and age specifically with the emergence of AI technology and where you can just put something in chat GPT and they can, you know, spit something out for you. I think that being yourself and being authentic and putting your personality in your work is so important. Everybody can go out there and like write a research paper. Oh, this person had X amount of receptions, X amount of yards, and then that's it. But you've got to add a little bit of flavor to your content. And if you want to distinguish yourself in this industry, you've got to be yourself. And I know that that sounds corny, but it really does matter. And it sets yourself apart from everybody else who's doing this. Absolutely. I feel talking to so many different people on these interviews and just people in the space, authenticity seems to be the the most prevalent thing. If you don't have it, everyone knows it and you're not really going anywhere, no matter how skilled you are at any of this. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, I will say that it was hard for me in the beginning because I got, you know, a lot of these trolls and people in the, in the comments, like you've never played football. You don't know what you're talking about. Da, 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 da. And it made me a little defensive and I did kind of just not lash out, but maybe clap back if that's the right way of saying it. And it wasn't necessarily warranted when I could have just believed in myself and kept on going with my day. So that's something else that 
that you need to keep in mind. And I'm still working on every single day is to just be authentic and also let the trolls troll and then just continue to walk over the bridge. Yeah. The, the mute block buttons are, are wonderful. Oh, they're tools. your friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, you know what it's like as you do it as well, but putting out content is like, you feel very vulnerable. Um, I mean, at least I do. I think a lot of people feel that way where like you're putting yourself out there, even if it's just a, a stat, a take, uh, but somebody can tear it apart if they want to. And like you said, you just kind of have to ignore that and, and trust in the people that, that are giving you the good feedback and even the constructive feedback, but that you actually believe in are, are there for you and not just trolling you. So, um, yeah. So anyone out there that wants to try it out, trust me, we know it feels very vulnerable. It's okay. I promise you, you will be okay. Get a, have a support group, talk it out, have fun. Yeah. And this space is so supportive. Like there are so mm-hmm. many great people in this space. They outweigh the trolls by an exponential amount. So you're going to find support in this space if you come out here. So don't let the trolls get to you. Absolutely. Um, that was the last of, we'll call it the, the serious questions. Uh, are you game for some rapid fire questions? Yeah, let's go. All right. Rapid fire questions. So I like to theme these to to whoever I'm interviewing. So it, uh, when this show comes out, you probably will be in the middle of summer camp, maybe coming back from summer camp. Um, but you talked about summer camp uh, to me before. I, I know it's not a real summer camp, um, but I'm going with a, a camp vibe for these questions. So um, what is the best thing to cook over a campfire? So I don't really think that you can do anything better than a charred steak, super rare on the inside with that charcoal flavor on top of it. And then a baked potato that's baked in the charcoals at the same time that you're like just searing your steak. It's perfect. You can't go wrong with steak and potatoes. That sounds fantastic. So kayaking or canoeing? I like canoeing better because I have the dogs and it's so fun to go out on a river and put the 70 pound lab behind me, the 60 pound hound dog mutt in front of me and watch the lab just decide that he's excited and then he starts howling and then jumps out of the boat. I can't do that on a kayak with both of those big dogs. So definitely canoeing. Um, I'm not the best at it. I sit in the front and basically play dog mom watcher. But uh, yeah, that makes it even more fun. So yeah, absolutely. Canoeing. (laughs) Sounds perfect. Now, I first have to ask you, do you like s'mores? I do like s'mores. Okay. So then what is the best way to build a s'mores? I, is there any wrong way to build a s'more? I think. I guess what is your best way? I've always done it where you toast your marshmallow, you have your graham cracker and your chocolate. And then once you get the marshmallow off of the fire, you just like sandwich it and scoop it. Like that just seems like the only way to me. Are there other ways? I'm really curious. Are there other ways? Well, do you only do like one layer of chocolate? Do Do you do multiple layers of chocolate? I do. So it's a two graham crackers, two pieces of chocolate, and then one s'more or one marshmallow in the middle for the s'more. I prefer just a straight toasted marshmallow, but if I'm making a s'mores and we're going like just extra and not really your traditional s'mores, use Reese's peanut butter cups. Ooh. Instead of graham crackers, just Reese's peanut butter cup, marshmallow, Reese's peanut butter cup. That sounds fantastic. It, It is great. 
have to plan ahead for that because most people don't have Reese's peanut butter cups for yeah. a campfire. But oh but man, that, I'm gonna have to that's try my that. Favorite. <laughs> I always take away something from an interview. This is <laughs> gonna be one of the <laughs> <Yeah>. takeaways. <laughs> There's the one nugget for you. <laughs> Not the one nugget, but definitely a nugget. Perfect. Um, how many days do you think you could last in the wilderness if you were on one of those survival shows? So, I maybe a week, maybe a week. Um, I've done, you know, going back to bartending. Not trying to harp on it too much, but doing bikes, blues, and barbecue, where you're literally working nine a.m. to five a.m. and you're sleeping maybe an hour or two a night for like three or four days. I think if I can do that, then I can get through seven days where I can nap and nobody's bothering me. Um, I'm not super handy and not super strong. So that would be my weakness, but um, man, I'm super stubborn. So I would try to <laughs> tough it out as long as possible. That's way longer than I would have ever said for myself. So, so I, I appreciate your tenacity with, with wanting to start, I'd be like, oh, if, I mean, I, if it rained, I'm I'm out right after that. It, it's wet and cold. We're done. Well, Please going back to a festival. Home. So I know this is rapid fire, but I'm gonna okay. bring up I'm gonna bring up another festival. Um, it was Wakarusa in on Mulberry Mountain, and it was 2012. And it has since then come known to or come to be known as Swamparusa because we were out there for four days. We were in tornadoes. We were in floods. We were in severe hail and lightning. Um, there was so much water and so many people out there. There were like 20 or 30,000 people out there that the entire area became flooded. And if it wasn't flooded, it was just a giant mud pit. Um, and so I feel like if I can make it through Swamparusa, then I can make it out in the wilderness for, you know, a little bit longer. That's the only reason I've been through it. <laughs> I mean, that, that's some uh, unorthodox training for those survival shows right there. <laughs> Trial by fire, man. There you go. And for my last rapid fire question, what is the best kind of bear? I would have to say the polar bear. They're, you know, for one, they're beautiful. Um, for two, they live on ice and they swim in the water to catch their prey. I mean, it's just everything that they do is so incredible and adaptive to their environment. I wish that we had more scientifical studies on polar bears, but they're just majestic. They're awesome. They will tear you apart if they see you. There's actually a town in Canada that you are not allowed to lock your doors in when you park your car on the side of the street in case of a polar bear attack, because somebody might need to run away from a polar bear and get in your car. True fact. Don't remember the city. But it is a true fact. I never want to live there, but that is an amazing uh, fact that I've never heard. I'm just full of fun facts, but <laughs> yeah, polar bears. That's why. Awesome. Love it. Uh, you survived my my camp themed rapid fire questions uh, with flying colors. It was great. <laughs> can you tell everybody where they can find you and, and all of your great content that you're putting out there? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Um, you can find me over at Fantasy Alarm. Um, I'm putting out an article every Wednesday. We're doing the lightning round podcast. We're doing um, best ball drafts with fantasy alarm and better sports network that you can get in by becoming a subscriber of fantasy alarm and joining our discord. We love to put you guys in there and draft against you. 
Um, and then you can find me on her story. It's typically every other Tuesday um, around 830 Eastern. But Tuesday, the 23rd, we have a very special episode um, with Lisa Ann. If this comes out after, then just go back and watch it. It's fine. Um, and we are interviewing her at 2 p.m. Eastern and for a special hour instead of the 30 minutes. So could not be more excited. And um, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you for having me on. No, it was a pleasure having you on. It, this will definitely come after uh, Lisa Ann. So definitely go back, check out all, uh, that interview. And you've already done a ton of awesome other interviews of women in fantasy football. So check all those out while you guys are there. And while you're already on YouTube, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the Triple Play Fantasy channel. Like the video, leave a comment. You can even review us on our Apple podcast. But we don't have you just covered with football. We got you covered with baseball, basketball, all of it. That's why we're Triple Play Fantasy. Thank you so much, Britt. Thank you all out there. Um, and tune in for our next interview.